Are you ready for TCT360? The event for 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence is back. Wherever you are in your AM journey, our fully CPD certified program will have something for you. See Additive in action as 250 plus exhibitors run live demos of their machinery and equipment. Hear from NHS England, Rolls-Royce, Boeing, J-Bull and more as they take to the stage to discuss the latest applications. It's time to reconnect with your community after almost two years apart. Signing up is free and takes just a couple of minutes. So register today and prepare to join us at the NEC Birmingham on the 28th to the 30th of September 2021 to see Additive in action. Hello and welcome to Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews and comment on the latest 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence brought to you by the TCT content team. I'm your host, Laura Griffiths, and with me, I have TCT's senior content producer, Sam Davis, ready to discuss the biggest 3D printing news stories from the last month. Hello, Sam. How are you doing after the long weekend off? Yeah, I'm doing fine. I'm feeling as refreshed as one can, because I, whenever I take time off, I don't feel like that's actually a, a real thing that you come back and you feel refreshed, but I feel all right. Um, so, yeah. How are you? As refreshed as you can coming into two back-to-back production weeks. So yeah, with a podcast to record and <laughs> yeah. still, still with words to write ahead of those production weeks. Yeah, yeah. Sam and I are very busy at the minute putting together the next two issues of TCT Mag for Europe and North America, um, and we're taking a look at some various things like heavy industry, some culture applications. Sam's looking at museum repatriation. I am finally trying to fit Lara Croft into the magazine somehow. You'll have to find out whether I'm successful. Um, and we also have our first feature within our industry challenge focus on diversity within the AM industry. So um, I'm really excited about this issue. I think there's a lot of content in this issue that we've been wanting to write for 18 months, two years. Oh, yeah. I think we both each got one of those. And yeah, um, as you said, there's a diversity feature in there. Um, we've spoken to some good companies for the heavy industry feature. Um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I remember thinking when we finished the last magazine, oh, it's great. We've got five, six weeks until the next one. And I don't know where that time has gone. Um, but yeah, it's come around so quick. Um, it's August later this week. I don't know if you can believe that, Laura, but um, we're into the eighth month of the year. I. I can't believe when I think how close we are now to CCT360, that felt like just a, a world away, even just a month ago. And now I feel like I really need to start putting some plans into gear for meetings and things like that. It, it feels so alien having not done it for such a long time. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, if you're not already a subscriber to the mag uh, we won't hold it against you you can subscribe for free at tctmagazine.com we'll get your free print copy access to our entire digital library including service provider maps and machine guides and all that good stuff and our weekly newsletter and you can also register to attend tct360 with us in september by visiting tct360.com and but today we have four news stories that we're going to cover four of the biggest 3d printing news stories of the month Uh, speed 3d gets 1.5 million dollars in funding to 3d print rocket engines desktop metal has acquired multi-material 3d printing firm erison fast radius is set to go public and robos has launched its argo 1000 3d printer so a nice little variation of stories but as sam you and i were discussing before the show i feel like every single time now we've got an acquisition we've Mm. got some company going public yeah i mean we've picked out uh desktop metal and, and fast radius but i think 
there's maybe about three or four other acquisitions or <laughs> companies going public just in the last three or four weeks alone that we could have easily um, selected and we didn't want to make it just a podcast about that kind of thing um, because we easily could have just done four stories on that and still missed one of them out, I think. Um, but yeah, it's good to kind of get a machine launch in there, get maybe um, some applications in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. This really could just turn into the uh, the additive manufacturing RNA <laughs> podcast. Really yeah. <laughs> and so the first story we're going to talk about is Speed 3D getting 1.5 million in funding to produce rocket engines with its cold spray metal 3D printing technology. So Speed 3D are an Australian 3D printing company. As I mentioned, it's the cold spray technology. It's an additive process based on cold spray, and they've received $1.5 million in funding to use this technology to enable low cost mass production of rocket engines. So the company is to benefit from 1.25 million in funding from the federal government, MMI Space Translation Stream Grant, with an additional 312,000 coming from the Northern Territory government. So this is part of a project that Speed3D, if you don't know Speed3D, uh, their name is spelled as S-P-E-E-3-D, and they've called this space project S-P-A-C-3-D. So I'm not sure whether that's spaced or Space 3D project, like Speed 3D. But anyway, um, it's been set up to um, pioneer the manufacturing of high quality, inexpensive metal 3D printed rocket engines for space. Now, previously, the company has demonstrated using its warp speed warp speed machines capacity to produce 17.9 kilogram co- um, copper rocket nozzles in just three hours at a cost of under $1,000, which is just crazy when you think about it i mean sam i'm sure you've seen yourself when you go to visit a trade show and you see a speed 3d printer you can literally mm. see parts being made right before your eyes i think the first one i saw they were making um variations of thor's hammer and um, showing yeah. how you could quickly make tools and it was just um, amazing just to watch it happening right in front of you so i think the ability for them to make a you know a, a huge part like this in 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 less than three hours is just a a, a really really great um, breakthrough in the industry um, and with these capabilities the modern manufacturing initiative the mmi um, and government agencies they really want to turn australia into what they're calling the world's leading manufacturer and exporter of rocket engines so big ambitions there and they're really backing speed3d's technology to be a huge enabler within that so Speed3D is now working with other partners in Australia to manufacture and test flight-ready engines for this emerging industrial space market. Now, rocket building has become a huge application area for additive manufacturing in recent years. Of course, we've always seen additive um, used in aerospace. It's one of the very early adopters of, of the technology. And we've seen it mainly recently within the rocket building sector with machines from um, EOS's AMCM business, where these huge customized machines have been used to build thrust chamber assemblies as a single component by the likes of launch and centavia you know the ability to make these huge rocket parts and and, and make them in a single build is just it, it's game changer for a lot of these companies not having to um not having to figure out how to to join all these parts together and you know the, the various kinds of design changes that you can make to make these parts perform much better and the material benefit that you can get from that as well now the benefit of speed use technology is of course that it is super fast It'd be nice if we could get to Formex and watch them build on these <laughs> rocket parts in just in just three hours' time. Um, and the technology has most uh, recently and most notably been used by the Australian Army to build parts in the field, which really shows the kind of heavy-duty industries that this technology is, is really capable of, of catering to. And also the kinds of materials that Speed3D is able to use its technology for. 
as I mentioned, it's based on a cold spray process. And, and that means they're not necessarily having to use specific additive materials. You know, there are real benefits here to be found in being able to use materials that are very well suited to these kinds of um, heavy duty, heavy industry applications. And Sam, what did you make of this story? Yeah, well, I was just thinking um, before when I was kind of reading back over the story that, as you mentioned, we've obviously seen the technology at Fall next and other trade shows, and um, I think it's always great when you see those technologies when they're just being launched. And there's obviously those really cool sample parts, and then it starts over the years to be applied and in the real world. As you mentioned, mm-hmm. they've been working with um, the armed forces in Australia. Last month, we had Nissan using the technology to replace a uh, damaged water pump um, part with a, a component printed with speed 3d's technology in aluminium 6061 and i think that was just 40 minutes mm-hmm. um, and i can't rem- quite remember the cost but the cost is really low and you know and now we have this big rocket engine contract and there was a really nice quote in the, in the nissan story um from alicia gray who works for nissan australia who was basically saying that metal 3d printing is no longer just a domain of science laboratories it's now you know having a real really positive impact in the way we manufacture and um you can see that with speed 3d over the last few years that you know it was that technology that was really cool and really impressive and then it was just a case of getting it into the hands of users and then seeing the application so it'd be really cool to see these rocket engines as they're being produced and as you say hopefully we can we can see one of those at a trade show as well mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think you're so right to point that out there, Sam, because with additive manufacturing, it's so easy to get sucked away with something being cool. And, you know, we're excited to see parts being made right in front of us on our show floor. Mm. And um, speed has always been the thing, you know, additive manufacturing has been called quite slow. And when this technology came out, you know, it, it won the, um, I think it was the TCT Hardware Award um, a couple mm. of years back now. I mean, you know, we, were, we were really impressed by this, but, you know, speed can almost seem like a bit of, of a novelty when you're just seeing kind of concept parts and you, know, you have to think about how do you finish those parts. But Speed 3D have really come out and really um, kind of accounted for that because you know they've built these production cells where it shows how you get from the start to the end of that of that production process and as you say seeing these real world applications now it proves that yeah it's great that it is speedy but it can also really be a a really valuable uh, piece of technology in all these really meaningful application areas yeah definitely so the second story we're going to take a look at is desktop metal with its latest acquisition, which is acquiring 3D printing firm Aerosense. So the company has added multi-material 3D printing capabilities to its growing portfolio uh, by the acquisition of this Belgian company. And this is just the, the latest acquisition from um, desktop metal, which is expanding it much further than just metal. So Sam, do you want to tell us a little bit about this one? Yes. Yeah, so um, after the acquisitions of Envision Tech and Adapted 3D and then setting up the um, forest and desktop health business, u- business units as well. Um, desktop has added another string to its bow with uh, Aerosynth. Um, Aerosynth was founded in 2016 by Edouard Moens de Haas and, and Matthias Hick um, to commercialise a, a multi-material powder bed additive manufacturing capability. Um, so the the process works by selectively depositing two or more powders to form a single thin powder layer containing multiple materials. And, and this technology is said to enable full 3D, three-dimensional control of material placement during the printing and 
can be integrated into powder bed additive processes, so SLS, high-speed sintering, and binder jetting. Um, and Erison has been working with a German firm called, um, I think it's pronounced uh, Econity 3D, um, and they have a powder bed fusion system, and Erison has made its uh, powder recoder available as an add-on for the um, Econity MIDI Plus printer to facilitate the printing of dual metal parts. So they've started with copper and steel materials and work is underway to validate many, many more materials and kind of open up that application window. Um, they actually exhibited that machine with the Aerosynth Recoder at Formex 2019, I think. Um, and obviously off the back of Aerosynth's work with Econity, desktop metal is seeing the kind of potential to integrate that multi-material capability to its own 3D printing offering. So obviously they've expanded into polymers with things like Envision Tech. And while uh, Aerosynth's technology can work with polymers, can work with ceramics too, mm-hmm. I think desktop metal are looking at this as a multi-material metal 3D printing capability. Um, and already CEO Rick Phillip has... Um, revealed that there are plans to integrate Aerosynth technology into upcoming desktop metal products over the next few years, um, describing multi-material printing as AM's next frontier. And we've spoken before about desktop metal, talking about additive manufacturing 2.0 and kind of moving forward into the um, kind of production realm. They see multi-material printing as a massive part of that. Um, And and yeah, they're thinking that by having this multi-material capability, users will not just be able to print parts, but print full products. Um, and so among the applications that are being talked about um, with Aerosense technology, kind of, um, you know, whether it's with the um, Econity platform or the future desktop metal platforms, are kind of mould with conformal cooling channels that are optimised for heat dissipation, um, wear-resistant cutting tools with hard exteriors and ductile interiors, luxury goods, RF components, and, and much more. Um, Ericsson, after the acquisition, which there were no finances, I don't think disclosed, um, they're going to operate as a wholly owned subsidiary of Desktop Metal. Uh, Dehas and Hick, the founders, are going to stay on in uh, managing director and director of innovation roles. And the company's current products and services will also continue to be available. But I think the most exciting thing about this partnership and this merger um, is seeing how desktop metal utilize the technology on their own product line um, in the coming years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting acquisition, and, and just looking at the the images of some of these parts, even for us, Sam, and we see metal three D printed parts all the time. It is really impressive to see these multi material metal three mm-hmm. D printed parts. And you mentioned there that. Um, Rick Fullup has continued this banging the drum for AM 2.0 and it's even something um, that Moans de Haas has also said as well you know talking about AM 2.0 about the future of AM being multi-material and mm. Rick says in a quote in the press release that um, multi, multi-material printing is the next frontier in AM today people print parts but in the future people will look to print full products and I think that's that's such a, an important point to make because We've talked about AM 2.0 just being about AM moving out of this phase of being prototyping and kind of these, um, you know, kind of early applications and now mm. talking about production. And this feels like a step further than that. You know, we're not just talking about parts. We are talking about being able to make an entire component 
in in one build by using these these multiple materials and i just think that's really interesting and it's, it's quite exciting to think about what the future that might look like and as you say integrating this technology into desktop metal's existing um technology lineup yeah and i think for desktop metal as well it could give them a competitive advantage if you think you know the, the technology that aerosol has brought to market has been there available for powder bed fusion or, or binder jetting or high speed centering companies to, to partner with them and get the recorder on their platform like Econity 3D did and now desktop metal are kind of in control of that capability and it's their decision whether that technology goes to you know an SLS company or a, or a high speed centering company or another binder jet so they not only have they kind of got that ability but they've also got control of the technology and they would probably see that as a competitive advantage over many of the other companies um, in the industry. Yeah, it almost feels like with this, there isn't really an area left for desktop metal now to, <laughs> to go into. I think they're pretty much ticking all of the boxes at the moment. I'm sure they'll find something else. <laughs> <laughs> so moving on to our third story now, and it wouldn't be an episode of Additive Insight without at least one mention of a company going public. So this time is the turn of Fast Radius. Fast Radius is set to go public on the NASDAQ before the end of 2021. Fast Radius is a digital manufacturing service provider. So they provide additive manufacturing alongside technologies like CNC machining, injection molding, um, to supply parts to companies in automotive, aerospace, medical, industrial consumer, just about everything really. So Fast Radius is set to become publicly listed on the NASDAQ after entering into a business combination with ECP Environmental Growth Opportunities Corp. So some finer details of the agreement, the deal is expected to close in the fourth quarter of this year. The combined company will have an estimated post-transaction enterprise value of $995 million with an estimated equity value of $1.4 billion from the contribution of $445 million in gross cash proceeds. Well done if you remember any, any of those numbers that I just said then. <laughs> um, so Fast Radius has been a really interesting company to watch and different to a lot of the acquisitions we've seen recently, you know, where it's been a, a additive manufacturing hardware manufacturer. This is a company that has um, built itself up into this true digital manufacturer. I think, I think it won an award a few years ago as one of the world's best digital factories. Um, and it's really kind of pinning all of its ambitions at the moment on its Fast Radius cloud manufacturing platform, which so far is said to have served more than 2,000 customers and delivered more than 11,000 parts. And the platform is basically made up of a network of distributed micro factories and other suppliers driven by this software experience and an ecosystem of apps and services that gives users to access to this state-of-the-art manufacturing knowledge and capacity. So um, it's all kind of this part of this big connected network of, of advanced manufacturing technologies. And this technology was actually recently used in um, an application by uh, rolling to a baseball glove manufacturer and um, to produce a new series of ultra lightweight form fitting gloves, which feature this optimized lattice structure that was manufactured by Fast Radius at scale, but using carbon's digital light synthesis technology. So with the platform, Fast Radius is said to have quickly moved from prototype into production to make, I think it was the, the thumb and the pinky inserts on the glove using carbon's technology. And the glove is now meant to be um, sturdier, yet thinner. And the padding is also meant to be um, much better over time. But again, it's all based on this cloud manufacturing platform. And Fast Radius co-founder and CEO Lee Rassi commented on this um, 
um, NASDAQ news that um, as the platform expands, we believe cloud manufacturing will have as great an impact on driving innovation in the physical world as cloud computing has had in the digital world. The benefits from the software and hardware powering cloud manufacturing are tangible and significant. The cloud brings improved speed, flexibility, cost and accessibility to industry 4.0, all while providing a more sustainable model for global supply chains. Sam, what do you make of this and yet another company um, going public within the additive manufacturing industry? Yeah, um, I thought it was interesting. And I think it's interesting that it kind of quickly followed on from Zometry also kind of announcing mm -hmm. that they're going public. Um, both of those companies were kind of even before the pandemic and everything that's happened in the last 18 months. Um, and, you know, all the issues that came with that were, were kind of, talking about and betting on the value of, of localised manufacturing and utilising AM's potential there, as well as talking about things like virtual warehousing, on-demand manufacturing. And I know you spoke to uh, Lou Rassi at Fast Radius maybe in 2019, and he was talking a lot about those kind of things, talking about the impact these technologies can have on the supply chain. Um, you know, both of those companies manufactured millions of parts by this point, obviously not all with additive, but plenty with additive. They're working with some of the biggest companies in the world. And and now in 2021, they're both able to go public. And, you know, that's probably no coincidence. I think obviously nobody could have predicted what was to happen last year and that, you know, there's going to be this global pandemic, but mm -hmm. them, them kind of betting on the value of localised manufacturing and, and, you know, utilizing multiple locations across the country in Zometry's case in Europe as well um kind of really bearing fruit now for both of them I think mm -hmm. and this kind of answers that question that we've posed to a lot of um people in the industry over the last year talking about additive manufacturing and digital processes and how they've been adopted more because of the shortens in supply chain and people have had to really think about how to uh, reroute their manufacturing or, or localize it and we've asked people is this going to stick? You know, is this just a temporary stopgap, or do you think this is going to be more of a permanent thing that people will now have to consider within their supply chains going forward? And as you say, Sam, the fact that it's not just fast radius, it is companies like Zometry and is it Shapeways as well? Shapeways, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so with all of these companies that are providing these localized manufacturing solutions, um, it looks like the kind of the the world is really actually backing that idea now and it looks like it will be continuing much further than just you know than, than these kind of current disruptions and be helpful mm. for manufacturers really going forward to not use it as just as a stopgap but to have these processes in place as, as part of their plans anyway mm -hmm. and so the last story we're going to talk about now is it's a new machine launch from robos who have just launched the argo 1000 3d printing system with a huge one cubic meter build volume so robos has announced the launch of this machine which has been designed to produce large-scale parts with super polymers super polymers and composites i want to know what super polymers are <laughs> sam you've got this story yeah so we've had um we've had a few large format metal 3d printer launches in the last nine twelve months kind of around full next and in the last year and a lot of those kind of had, you know, a uh, thousand millimeter build volumes in, in the Z direction. Obviously, as you just mentioned, Robos have brought to market or have announced to market the, the Argo 1000 platform, which has a build volume of one cubic meter, so a thousand millimeters in, in all directions, and has obviously been designed to produce uh, large scale parts or, 
you know, the printing of larger volumes of parts within a single build. Um, and this represents a, the third of Robo's uh, production series of machines joining the Argo 500 and Argo 350 systems, which are obviously um, smaller in size. And um, yeah, this is said to have been developed in response to customer demand. Um, they mentioned um, that the founder and CEO, uh, Alessio LaRosso, mentioned in in the announcement that since opening the new headquarters in North America, um, which was also earlier this year, um, they've they've had a lot of, of people asking for this kind of machine. And um, yeah, so they've, they've announced the Argo 1000. It's um, expected to be available for commercial distribution next year. Um, doesn't say when next year but by 2022 um and, and this machine is equipped with a heated build chamber um to help ensure uh, exceptional mechanical properties and an industrial automation system that works to program parts production analyze data predict and resolve machine downtime and make sure that you know the printing process and the the, the production of parts is, you know, a bit more reliable and a bit more seamless. Um, in terms of materials, um, as you mentioned, super polymers, um, the Argo 1000 is capable of printing peak, carbon peak, and Altem AM9085F. I would imagine there's some more materials as well, but those are the, the three that they've, they've kind of announced so far. Um, and there are application opportunities in automotive, energy, medtech, and the aerospace markets where they're expecting to develop light and high quality parts with uh, the Argo 1000 and among the key engineering challenges that the company believes the machine will address are the quick delivery of mission critical parts for extreme applications and the replacement of metal components. So um, I'm assuming we'll probably hear a little bit more about this machine as we get to the the trade shows later this year and maybe we'll even be able to to see the machine um in they've released an image of it so hopefully it'll be there at one of the trade shows if if not at the end of this year it's starting next and um yeah expected to be to be available by 2022 Mm -hmm. yeah it is a beast of a machine looking at this uh, Mm -hmm. render we've got here and it's funny thinking back to when we first heard about robos and they were um they had a, a desktop printer and I think the um, the USP was this, um, it kind of did away with this belt-based system and replaced it with a mechatronic one instead, which is said to be much more reliable. So they've always been about building these really sturdy, um, you can't, even though it was desktop, more like, you know, professional focused machines. Mm. So when you look at the size of this one now and seeing how far this company has come, it's, um, it, it's really nice to see. And back to what you said, Simon, over the last year we have seen um, a real influx in companies coming out with these large-scale metal additive manufacturing systems, and usually that's been a case of adding a bunch more lasers with a huge build volume, and the idea is, of course, to build um, huge metal parts, also pack in thousands of little parts into one build area to really speed up production there. But you know, one thing that is still a challenge in the, in the industry is print, printing these composite materials and things like peak, carbon peak, and all time that, that, that you mentioned. <coughs> though, peak is still a really difficult material to um mm-hmm. to print with, and so for them to do it on this large scale, you know, to think the um the the kind of the engineering that's gone into this is 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 really impressive. And so, what, even though at the moment we haven't seen any parts from it, I'd be really keen to see what the parts from this actually um look like and 
as you mentioned, Sam, we probably won't see uh, much of this now until maybe the end of the year, maybe when we get to to trade shows again. But um, yeah, I'd be really interested to see what some of the applications look like coming off this huge machine. Yeah, yeah, me too. And and as we've touched on earlier, it's kind of another one of those companies that are, they haven't they haven't used the phrase AM two point but in the in the announcement, um, Larasso was saying that that you know, Robos as a company has gone far beyond prototypes and are now building. Yeah custom components for things like satellites and, and military grade vessels um and so you know it's another one of those companies and i mean the the machine is huge at one cubic meter mm-hmm. <clears throat> you know puts them in, in kind of competition with the likes of the centum and big rep and, and those mm-hmm. kind of guys and um yeah it'll be interesting to see what what parts they they can enable with with this platform mm-hmm. I can't wait to get to events now and actually see some of these machines in person. I feel like we've spent the last year talking and writing about them and I can't wait to actually see them in person now. Yeah, but I think by the time we get back to them and, and you know, I mean, we're talking as kind of, you know, as part of the media, but I think for visitors as well, there's going to be so many new machines that, you know, it's it's nearly been two years since, particularly in kind of Europe and North America, that we've been at these trade shows. So there'll be loads of machines from a lot of the the big companies if we you know i mentioned at the start there like the the metal machines that were launched at the end of last year from velo and slm and those guys um you know stratus have brought loads of new machines out we've got robos here um there'll be there'll be loads and loads of new machines to, to take a look at that nobody will have seen before so i mean all of these companies will be, I'm sure, using that in their marketing. And <laughs> it's up to us and the visitors to find enough time to go and actually see them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the show floors are certainly going to look very, very different uh, yeah, at the end definitely. of this year. <laughs> so thanks very much for listening. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. And for more additive insight, head on over to tcmagazine.com. You can get your free print subscription and get the biggest 3D printing news stories delivered straight to your inbox every week with our additive insight newsletter. Thanks a lot. See you again next time. Bye. Are you ready for TCT 360? The event for 3D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence is back. Wherever you are in your AM journey, our fully CPD certified program will have something for you. See Additive in action as 250 plus exhibitors run live demos of their machinery and equipment. Hear from NHS England, Rolls-Royce, Boeing, J-Bull and more as they take to the stage to discuss the latest applications. It's time to reconnect with your community after almost two years apart. Signing up is free and takes just a couple of minutes. So register today and prepare to join us at the NEC Birmingham on the 28th to the 30th of September 2021 to see Additive in action.